The Hoosiers have a new foe, even for just a short term, as we found out this week in Louisville on Saturday. Let's talk to Locked On Louisville host Dalton Pence about the Cardinals ahead of Saturday's matchup. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a special crossover episode of both Locked on Hoosiers and Locked on Louisville. I'm one of your hosts over at Locked on Hoosiers, Jacob Dalton, obviously with Locked on Louisville, part of the Locked on Network, your team every day. We appreciate you guys making us your first listen, wherever that may be, uh, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, whatever that may be. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. A fun little matchup in store for us. Not a uh, not a common one as IU and Louisville will meet on Saturday uh, it also might not be a game that is around, a series that is around much longer with IU trying to get out of it, but uh, a fun little matchup here to to talk about Dalton. And uh, I mean, it's probably a fun time for Louisville with a, a new coach and Jeff Brahma, a very familiar name for Hoosier fans coming in and, and kind of starting a new era over there at Louisville. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously a very exciting time for Louisville. This offseason probably went about as good as you could have hoped for if you're a Louisville fan. But I'll be honest with you, uh, the news coming out on Monday that, you know, I, I assume it hasn't been confirmed or possibly could be confirmed that Indiana is looking to buy out the remainder of the series with Louisville. I'll be honest, Jacob, I'm a little bummed about that because this is a matchup that we don't see a lot. And I was looking forward to eventually, you know, Going up to Bloomington and seeing that game and having the Hoosiers visit LNN Cardinal Stadium. But uh, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think that this is the right move for? I understand the whole conference realignment thing kind of throws a wrench in everything, but is this the right move for Indiana uh, to drop Louisville and uh, assumingly add another FCS team to the schedule? Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to it. Like, as a person who wants to see fun games like this, yeah, playing Louisville, playing Kentucky. Uh, playing kind of these local teams is fun. We played Cincinnati for a couple of seasons. Unfortunately, it was when Cincinnati was really good. But matchups like that, I enjoy just because of kind of the local aspect and, and things like that. So on one hand, I want to play those games. But on the other hand, if I use goal is to make a bowl game, which, I mean, realistically, it probably should be scheduling Louisville, scheduling Cincinnati, the, those tough games like that. They probably don't want to do, and that's what I kind of assume is their mindset here, is that they probably want to play an easier opponent. And so I'm kind of split. I probably would prefer they play these Louisville games and instead of scheduling, whether it's an FCS school or a really bad um, FBS school, whoever it may be, it's a a shame because these are, are fun matchups that we don't typically get, and there's a even with the the kind of added spice of Jeff Brom, who <laughs> dominated Indiana for a number of seasons at Purdue. It's been a, a wild season for you guys, just looking at the schedule, the, the crazy comeback against Georgia Tech. I mean, what's this uh, kind of the vibes been for this season? 
Well, I mean, I think that there has been a lot of increased optimism. I think that I've been trying to tell fans of the show, fans in general, to just kind of relax. I see a lot of let's predict 10 wins and see how we get there. And I'm like, man, the schedule offers the opportunity, but I don't think you understand the slim margin of error that separates seven and five and 10 and two, eight and four, 10 and two. So um, the first half of the Georgia Tech game, specifically the second quarter, was kind of a wake-up call, you know, shaking off the rust. The team made some halftime adjustments in that second half that, look, I'll be honest with you, under Scott Satterfield, Louisville was not really known for making second-half adjustments, so it was definitely a breath of fresh air. And then winning the homecoming game 56-0 to against Murray State, I mean, that is what it was. But um, I'm really a, a, a firm believer that a win is a win is a win. It doesn't matter. I mean, obviously – for analysis sake, it does matter, but I'd rather have a, a close win than not win at all. So, I mean, it, it's gone smoothly so far. Everyone knows that there is still some work to be done. So that that's sort of the case for Louisville. Um, Jacob, I'll be honest with you. I watched that first game against Ohio State. Um, I obviously came away thinking that offensively, got to figure out the quarterback position at that point in time. And defensively, I thought that, you know, you can talk about Ohio State's quarterback play being subpar. I, I think that some credit is due to Indiana as well. Obviously, the past two seasons have kind of gotten away from the Hoosiers. This season, sort of in no man's land here, um, what are were the overall expectations for Indiana on your side coming into this season? But not only that, you know, you probably expected to lose to Ohio State and beat Indiana State. Are sort of the expectations in the same spot as they were two weeks ago? Yeah, it, it's been a, a weird start to the season because you play one of the best teams you're going to play all season long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's either going to be them or Michigan. And then you play one of the worst teams in FCS, <laughs> just not even on your schedule, just one of the worst right. teams you're going to play. So it, you've kind of had the two extremes – that Ohio State game was rough, odd. Uh, it, I mean, IU kind of came out afterwards and said their coaching staff said they played too much pitter-patter, but they were, like, worried about how out of hand the games have gotten in years prior. And it seemed like they kind of admitted they didn't want to get blown out, which is a shame because I thought that they were in that game for a good chunk of it and could have potentially made it competitive, and ultimately it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so – they bounced back. They looked good against Indiana State. They looked as you should against a bad FCS team. So uh, there's a lot more optimism <coughs> heading into this game than uh, there was after week one. But overall expectations, I'm not sure what they were really set at coming into this year. It's been such a up and down. Yeah, kind of a drastic fall off since since that COVID sure. season. And it's really kind of just left IU fans in an uncertain spot. And unclear of kind of where the program is going they've improved uh they improved last year it early signs might be some improvement this year as well but uh it's hard to ever set a bowl game as an expectation with indiana because we get to them so sparingly but uh it's certainly reachable to to get to a bowl game but to do that a game like Louisville potentially is one that you're going to have to to kind of steal. If not Louisville, then you're going to have to win a number of Big Ten games. So it puts a lot of pressure being in the Big Ten East on your non-conference games and the games against the Rutgers, the Maryland's, sure. who's going to be a tough one, stuff like that. So, I mean, kind of 
circling back to what we we started talking about, it's it's reasons like that that Indiana is trying to schedule bad non-conference teams and get those wins there because they're hard to come by in the Big Ten. But it's going to be a tough one on Saturday to for the Hoosiers to to come up against uh, a side. I mean, you guys are coming off a big win as well, two and zero on the season. We're gonna dive into to some more in depth. Uh, talk about both of the teams. We'll do all that here in just a minute. First, though, let's talk about today's sponsor, Jace Medical. New sponsor for the Locked On, uh, at least college football network. The pandemic was a, a scary time for a number of reasons for a lot of people. One of those being the kind of uncertainty of, for those of you that rely on medicine daily, where that was going to come from, whether there'd be shortages things of that nature. That's why the Jace kit is something everybody needs. It's stocked with five antibiotics uh, that can be used to treat just about any common bacterial infection and some serious infections as well. Each Jace case comes with a guidebook to help direct uh, your guys's use. Um, it puts your mind at ease more than anything. It takes away some of the worry when you have those uh emergencies, whatever it may be, natural disasters, pandemics, anything kind of the unpredictable, this helps you with that. You can store it in your car, on your boat, on your RV, uh, in wherever it may be. This just helps keep your mind at ease. And it's something that um, everybody honestly should have. Right now, you guys can save more than $360 by getting life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON, all one word, at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Thanks again, everyone, for making both Locked On Louisville and Locked On Hoosiers your respective first listens of the day. Just a reminder, if you are living under a rock, college football season is here. And this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time on every Locked On College YouTube channel, including Locked On Hoosiers and Locked On Louisville. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can do, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team Every day, find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. So continuing on along in this special crossover pod between the Locked On Hoosiers and Locked On Louisville podcasts, I'm Dalton, that's Jacob. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Indiana Hoosiers more in depth. I think to really give Louisville fans, Jacob, a more of a complete understanding of what to expect from Indiana. It was announced earlier this week that Taven Jackson would be the starting quarterback coming into this matchup, uh, played mostly in that game against Indiana State, had a pretty solid game, 19 of uh, 26, had, had a pretty solid game, um, transferred in from Tennessee after being highly rated out of high school, was this the right move from Coach Allen, and what should Louisville expect in terms of schematics with Jackson now QB1? Yeah, it, it's, it was a move I think a lot of IU fans wanted at the start of the season, 
and Taven de- definitely played his way into this starting role. IU was fully split through the first two games. At least that's what they were saying. Their snaps were almost identical between Taven and Brennan Sorsby in that Ohio State game. That was a plan in the Indiana State game, and Taven kind of made the decision for them. He went uh, 18 of 21 for 236 yards, rushed for a touchdown, looked really good. Even he split time in the first half, and then they just kind of went away from it in the second half. And so he's going to be the starter now moving forward. And as you said, highly rated out of Indianapolis, won a couple state titles, uh, and then went to Tennessee. He was being groomed to be kind of the next man up for Tennessee. He got recruited over. Tennessee landed one of the top, uh, or I think maybe the top quarterback in the, the last recruiting class. He entered the transfer portal. He's the younger brother of Trace Jackson Davis. So he entered the transfer portal, Sorry. was on Bloomington's campus basically that night, uh, and committed over that weekend. So uh, it was a it was a quarterback competition through the spring and fall. But once the games have started, Taven has looked the better of the two. He offers Indiana more flexibility. They In that Ohio State game, it was a lot of option. They did not throw the ball at all, and it changed a lot in the Indiana State game. And so he threw the ball really well, and that is kind of the question mark on him is his ability to make the throws because he ran the option in high school IU is going to continue to do that. Kind of the X factor for him is if he's going to be able to complete enough passes to make defenses pay when they load up against the run and against that option. But uh, it was Indiana State, which is a big caveat, but he looked really good throwing the ball in that game. So uh, it's an exciting time because he's an exciting player with obvious uh, lineage at Indiana. And so uh, it's going to be really interesting now to see him as kind of the undisputed number one guy and see how he runs with that now. Do you get the sense that the offense is going to rely more on Jalen Lucas, um, you know, the speedster running back from Louisiana, who has had a pretty solid start to the year? After a pretty decent freshman campaign, he almost is close to breaking his numbers from year one. Do you get the sense that Indiana is going to continue to lean on him as they continue to sort of settle out um, – the quarterback um, debate, even if Jackson is the QB one for the future, trying to let him settle into the position, giving Lucas more of a role as the feature back, but also as a receiver in the backfield. Yeah. Jalen Lucas was an all American as a freshman, as a kick returner. He's one of the most kind of electric guys uh, returning kickoffs. He's the punt returner this season. Hasn't really had opportunities yet, but uh He's exciting. He's he's as fast as anybody in college football. And last season as a freshman, as you kind of said, he wasn't used a ton in the offense. There were concerns about whether he could hold up. He's a very small player. He's uh, listed. I, I'm not sure what he's listed at, but he is very small and very quick. Like and, 5, 9, 170 is what yeah, I saw on ESPN. It, yeah. So it, it's not – he's not uh, – physically imposing to say the least. So there were concerns about whether he could hang uh, to just hang up and yeah, five, nine, one seventy feels generous. And that's what he's listed on. IU's website as well. This season, he is absolutely given those been given those responsibilities. 
against Indiana State. His first two runs of the game were 25-yard touchdowns, and he has the speed. But he's not someone that they're only running off the edge and trying to get around the corner. They'll run him up the middle. Josh Henderson is an, is kind of his complement in the backfield. And IU will run a lot of just two running back sets. Taven with a running back on either side of him, Henderson and Lucas. Henderson is kind of the, the burlier, kind of run it up the middle, run you over type of guy. Jalen's a guy that'll get you in space and make you miss. And he lined up his wide receiver as well a little bit more in that Indiana State game. We didn't see much of it in the Ohio State game, but the more I kind of look at that game, the more I think you're just going to have to throw out what IU did in that game because it didn't make a lot of sense in a a number of reasons. Against Indiana State and coming into the season, he said he was going to be lined up as a slot receiver more. He made some plays. IU's focus is just to get him the ball in the open field and let him make plays. And they've done a decent job of that. And uh, whether it's in the backfield, whether it's running the ball up the middle, around the edge, or, or as a receiver, he's going to be IU's most electric player. I mean, from what I've seen, I've tried to watch a little bit of that second game. Obviously, it was a blowout, and Indiana's not my team, so I got pretty <laughs> disinterested pretty quickly. But I got to watch that Ohio State game. And, I mean, it's kind of like what I tell Louisville fans is, you can't really draw too much away from the first two games because it's been eight quarters of football so far. Yeah. So you have to give it some time. But one thing that I, I knew coming in was that Aaron Casey was probably going to be the leader of this defense. Um, and he's done just that so far, leads the team with 18 total tackles. There's also some other players that um, have seemingly jumped off the page a little bit. Tell Louisville fans a little bit about who the Cardinals should be on the lookout for on the defensive side of the ball for the Hoosiers. Aaron Casey is obviously one of them, as you said, one of the captains of this team. Uh, I believe his fifth season at Indiana now, and uh, he's kind of bided his time at linebacker. He was behind Micah McFadden, behind Cam Jones, two guys who went to the NFL as linebackers. So it took him some time to, to finally get on the field. He was probably IU's best defensive player last season uh and he looks to be that again this season the question coming into the year was literally everywhere else because IU completely rebuilt their defense through the transfer portal uh Casey and Noah Pierre who kind of plays a safety linebacker hybrid in Tom Allen's system uh, were the only two guys that had that started last season and returned earnestly everybody else was a new face and so there's as much as guys have jumped off the page to, to maybe you watching the game, they have to IU fans as well because we didn't know what to expect for a lot of them. Andre Carter is going to be the big name, and that's the one that everybody kind of talked about in spring ball, fall camp, and transfer from Western Michigan who was a lot of people were after him, and he's a big man, 6'5", 245, and defensive end who – Already has four tackles for a loss and a sack through the first two games. He makes plays on that defensive line. Linnell Carr is another one, another transfer from West Virginia who lines up on the opposite side of him in another kind of hybrid position in Tom Allen's defense as a defensive lineman slash linebacker. He's kind of more of an edge rusher who also has a sack and a tackle, uh, one and a half tackles for loss. So those are going to be the guys that help create pressure. There's a lot of names in the secondary that are going to 
to jump out. Philip Dunham is second on the team in tackles. Uh, Nick Toomer had an interception against Indiana State. Dunham did as well. Uh, there's a lot of guys. I mean, honestly, still we're kind of still figuring out who's going to be the consistent contributors because, as you said, two games, eight quarters, uh, it, it isn't a huge sample size yet. So we're going to figure out more and more as it goes along. But so far this defense, even in that Ohio State game, I thought has been the biggest surprise, the biggest uh, bright spot for the Hoosiers so far. Definitely great um, insight there for Louisville fans to get to understand a little bit more uh, about what Indiana brings to the table. Before we flip the script and allow Jacob to interrogate me everything that Indiana fans should know from the Louisville point of view, we're going to talk about our friends over at Game Time. Look, with this game being at an NFL stadium, and honestly, games in general, the way people are getting tickets is absolutely wrong. I, there's way too much stress involved. You don't have to feel as stressed out when you utilize game time. You can get them in advance, but more importantly, what game time allows you to do is get them seemingly minutes leading up to kickoff. If you like to live life on the edge like that, um, at least get them a couple hours before kickoff. But you get killer deals on last-minute tickets. Um, they're easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event, not just sports, but concerts, uh, theater, comedy, you name it, they have it. Um, forget planning months in advance. Game time is the place to go. And the guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, game time will literally credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On College. For $20 off your first purchase, terms do apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code Locked On College for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. This is a an exciting matchup, but one that we I mentioned earlier, some familiar names for the Hoosiers when it comes to Louisville. Jeff Brom, obviously someone IU fans, Big Ten fans were, were very familiar with. Was happy to see him leave Purdue because he kind of owned Indiana for a number of years, but unfortunately, he's back on Indiana's schedule uh, right away. I, I think IU fans are familiar with what a Jeff Brom offense is going to look like, and it's going to be led by another familiar name in Jack Plummer, who spent three seasons at Purdue, uh, went to Cal last season, now with Louisville. We'll start there at the quarterback position. Uh, what's he, how's he looked through the first couple games of the season for you guys? Uh, rusty, like he's playing uh, with a bunch of new receivers. I mean, he was significantly better week two than he was week one. Week one, he was uh, you could tell he was hesitating on the reads, which when a quarterback hesitates, nothing good comes from that. Looked yep. a lot better um, in the second half than the first half. Um, Louisville fans are still sort of uneasy because he hasn't been absolutely electric. I mean, he's been serviceable now. The Murray State game, I mean, hard to take much away from that, although the timing aspect made some solid touch throws down the field, but has to be better on um, improving that timing. Jeff Brom mentioned that as a point of emphasis, that they're going to try to speed up the reads in this week leading up toward Indiana. But he's been serviceable, um, good enough to win the first two games, but make no mistake about it, uh, if Louisville wants to reach that ceiling that a lot of fans have placed on them, Plummer has to be better. He has to be pretty significantly better. 
looking at that that first game of the season, it, it was a big comeback for you guys. Uh, what was kind of the, the turning point in that game in, against Georgia Tech? Well, I think, you know, the first quarter, everything went Louisville's way defensively. I mean, their off- Louisville's offense stalled out in the red zone, so converting those red zone opportunities to touchdowns, number one. And then the defense essentially shut down the run from Georgia Tech, which sort of made uh, Brent Key's offense one-dimensional, and, and they weren't really able to overcome that. But um, I think there was a little bit of a shift in play calling, I think. Instead of going more so downfield, Brom drew up some routes to where – got the ball to Jamari Thrash, who's one of the best receivers in the ACC, as he's shown in the first two weeks. Got him the ball out in space. Got Kevin Coleman the ball out in space and allowed them to essentially take guys one-on-one, and they essentially succeeded on almost every play, and that's how Louisville moved down the field. Um, It helps when Jawar Jordan breaks off a 75-yard touchdown run. But, um, I mean, it was just the playmakers making plays. Jack Plummer not trying to do too much and just taking what the defense gave him. So a little bit of a mixture of everything. I think, honestly, Wolba just woke up in the second half. Jawar Jordan was the other one that, obviously, you have to talk about coming into this game. Mm-hmm. Had the big touchdown run against Georgia Tech. Uh, how important is he to this offense? He's critical. Um, what I didn't understand, and I actually published an episode on Monday that uh, stated and explained that Louisville's offense is in its best position to succeed when they go by the by-committee approach. Mm-hmm. I preseason projected Jawar to finish with over 1,000 yards. He has 231 on like 14 carries. I mean, I still <laughs> think he's going to do that, uh, but I think it's going to be more balanced than I gave credit for. Um, Isaac Garendo, you may know, Wisconsin transfer. Also, mm-hmm. Maurice Turner, a true sophomore returning for the Louisville Cardinals. Um, I think Jordan is critical, but I would be remiss to say that as important he is to this equation, you can't forget the other two because Garendo has more season touches on the year. I think Jeff Brom is going to go throughout the season rotating these running backs, keeping guys fresh, and forcing defenses to play in for all three because all three have differentiating skill sets. When looking at the defense, obviously, as you kind of said, the Murray State game is kind of whatever, but you, you mentioned them shutting down the, the the run in the Georgia Tech game, a game that give up 34 points. I know there's some some injuries in the secondary. Are there any concerns with, with the defense? Uh, I mean, I think naturally there will be. Uh, Murray State doesn't really alleviate any of that. You have to play some better competition, honestly. Um, but ultimately, I mean, losing MJ Griffin, who is one of the top five most important players on this team, I mean, that hurts. Now, Josh yeah. Minkins, the other starting safety, is questionable for the game against Indiana, so that definitely is something to focus on moving forward. But, however, um, you know, there's a lot of newcomers to this group, a lot of incoming transfers. I think that um, if Louisville's pass rush is able to resemble anything like last year, uh, I won't feel as nervous about it. I'm, I'm still sort of in wait-and-see approach. I think that um, the scheme is better than what we've seen. It's a matter of going out and executing, solid tackling, getting out to the opposing quarterback. And most importantly, which the Louisville defense has been prone to for my 25 years of existence, giving up the big chunk yardage plays. That's something that they have to be able to limit moving forward. Um, but I'm in wait-and-see mode right now for Louisville's defense. Well, the good news for you is that IU isn't hasn't been known for chunk plays in the last couple of seasons. 
hopefully things are changing a little bit this year, but it's going to be a fun game. Hopefully Indiana can uh, beat Jeff Brown once again and, and get kind of get that monkey off their back. It's going to be a fun game. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks to you for, for doing this and helping us uh, get some insight both ways for both of our, our listeners. Thank you to all you guys for making our shows your first listen every day. Follow us on our, our Twitter, subscribe to our podcasts, whether it's on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, whatever it may be, leave those rating and ratings and reviews. It helps us out a ton. Uh, appreciate you guys. And I'd say good luck, but uh, good luck for every game after Saturday. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on.